feel very unprepared uh, today. I've got some notes, which is unusual, but uh, feel very unprepared. But anyways, before we go any further, let's just let's just open up in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, uh, God, we come to you, Lord, uh, so thankful to be here, so thankful for who you are and what you've done for each and every one of us, God. As we go forward in service, Lord, I pray that you just use me in spite of my failures, in spite of my shortcomings. pray that you speak to me and through me. Uh, help this church, God. I pray for conviction on our hearts. I pray that you just lead us and guide us and show us what we need today. Lord, it's not by us, but it's only by you. And we give you all the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to uh, Galatians chapter 6. Uh, this is not, I don't know, this message or kind of what the Lord's put on my heart this week. It's not, it's not nothing new, right? But Lloyd said something. This morning, he said, nothing under the sun is new. You know, that's what the Bible says. And he reminded us of that this morning. And I feel like I've said all this stuff before, uh, but I feel like it's feel like it's important. I feel like it's just what God had put on my heart. And <clears throat> that's what I'm going to go with today. So, Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7, the Bible says, says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will they will reap eternal life. <clears throat> and I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about you reap, you reap what you sow. And this week I've thought, and I know Darwin kind of brings up a similar point, and, and I do a lot often too, you think about the stuff going on in our country and you think about things that go on in your community. And I work in a school and you, you see some of the stuff going on there. And it makes you take a step back and you, you wonder, like, this don't seem like it's headed in a great place, right? First off, it, it don't seem like we're in a great place to begin with. Uh, some of the things that I might be talking about is just like uh, this movement in young people uh, uh, being gay and how that's celebrated, and it, ironically, it's, everybody says love wins. And just what an ignorant way to describe love. Uh, things like that, and just, that's not that. There's tons of things in our culture. It seems like the boundary for acceptable sin has moved, right? And, and I'm a young person, or I don't look like it, but I'm 26. No, I'm told often I look like I'm 40. Uh, so I know I don't look like it, but I've kind of grown up in this time. And even, even in, my, in my life, I've seen things that used to be frowned upon. Now it's kind of just okay. Or we look the other way or whatever. And then I hear stories of y'all's grandparents and your mom and dad and uh, things Darwin said or things my, my mom has said about grandpa or whatever. And, you know, people used to, people used to be different. Plain and simple. Uh, the standard for just how life was was completely different. Amen. Uh, and you've heard Darwin talk about some of them qualities, talk about people People used to work. You know, it was that's what you did. You worked. And maybe that's some of the problem today is we ain't, we ain't doing enough work and we're doing too much, too much texting and protesting and too much marches, too many just goofy stuff. We're not doing enough work, and I don't know. Uh, 
And, and you look at all the problems in society and you look at the problems in the church and as Darwin mentioned last week, some of the stuff that goes on and it's going on in some of the just Methodist church and stuff that's going on. The, the boundary for sin has changed. What used to be, this was wrong, now it's like, okay. And you think, how in the world did we get here? But the Bible says you reap what you sow. And I, I can look at my spiritual life and once again, I, I'm speaking from a place of conviction, not condemnation. And I can see maybe habits that's developed. And I think, how in the world did I ever start doing that? Or why did I say that? Or why did I do that? Or why am I doing this? And you reap what you sow. So if, if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually, if you're not in God's Word, if you're not studying the Bible, if you're not seeking to know Him, you know, the Bible says in James 4 and 8, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. If you're not taking those steps to draw near to God, then why are we surprised when we get to that place in life and go, man, God is nowhere near me. Or how did I start doing this? Why did I ever start living like that? And definitely as individuals, it's that way. But even at, for our country and our, our communities and our schools, uh, our state, whatever, our world, you reap what you sow. And if you live like hell as a country and you tolerate sin, then before too long your country will be a hell hole. Uh, pretty blunt, but it's pretty true. <clears throat> and I've, I've heard these sayings, I've heard several sayings my whole life uh, that's similar to you reap what you sow. Uh, you get out what you put in. I've heard people say, you are what you eat. You know, I was, in a, I was in a class in college, and it was a nutrition class, and the first thing the professor said on day number one, he said, you are what you eat. And for a long time, I, that didn't make any sense to me. I was like, that, well, you know, I eat deer, and I'm not a deer. I think that's kind of stupid. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. You are what you eat because whatever you're putting in your body all the time is exactly what you're going to be. So if you're eating saturated fat and you're eating salt and you're eating well you're probably clogged arteries and you're probably a little husky and you get a little winded on them long walks and you probably don't have the best diet in the world uh and if you if you eat if you eat like my my assistant coach i tease him every day because he'd go down to the lunchroom and get a carrot and a piece of lettuce and he eats it he's also in great shape so you are what you eat uh, and you are what you repeatedly do that's another saying i hear you are what you repeatedly do. Uh, the common denominator in all those sayings, you reap what you sow, you are what you eat, you are what you repeatedly do, is you. And I think spiritually, you are responsible for you. No one else is to blame for your spiritual life. No one else is to blame for your physical well-being. No one else is to blame for a lot of the things that we tend to point blame others for. And I think uh, in our society today, it's, it's really easy to be the victim. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's really popular to be victimized. It's popular to look at everyone else and blame everyone else for every problem that we have. Uh, but you reap what you sow. And I think there's a responsibility and I think that's something that's, that's been lost in the church and, and lost in society is I'm responsible for me. So if, if I've got sinful habits that's creeping up in my life, well, I'm not taking care of myself. It ain't because 
Darwin ain't doing a great job on Sunday morning. It's because Hans ain't doing a good job Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Amen. <clears throat> you reap what you sow. And as a country, we reap what we sow. And talking a little bit about change and how things have changed, Rachel was telling me a story of her grandma yesterday. Uh, and I just, I've thought about it a lot since she told me. But she said when her grandma was growing up, they had an old TV and they said if, if people were ever kissing on TV that their grandparents would turn it off. They, they kissing on TV, their grandparents would turn it off. And we kind of laughed about that. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, maybe grandma and grandpa knew a lot more than we thought. Uh, I, I was watching TV this week trying to watch a, a basketball game on TV, and there was a commercial, and it had two guys kissing, two dudes. And rubbing all over each other, and it was some commercial about something for HIV. And there is tons of those commercials. And this is this is at like three o'clock in the afternoon. This ain't ten o'clock at night. And I thought, man, this is just. But Grandpa and Grandma, they used to turn the TV off when it was just anybody kissing. And we we sit back and we laugh at that. And we think, how old fashioned was Grandma and Grandma? How 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 sweet is that? that that they'd unplug the television. But maybe grandma and grandpa knew that you reap what you sow. And then if you keep watching people kissing long enough, it usually turns into something else. And if you keep filling your mind with that every day, then you're going to have a spiritual problem. And maybe grandpa and grandma just knew a lot more about spiritual stuff than what we do. And so they'd unplug the TV and they say, we're not, we're not going to watch that. And I think, about, I think about that, and I think about how this country used to fear God. Amen. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. That's what Proverbs <laughs> chapter 8, verse 13 says. It says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Amen. Hate is a strong word, but the Bible says, and it teaches that we should hate sin. And I, and I look at my life and I look at some of the, the bad habits I have or I look at some of the things I say every now and then, I think, man, do I really hate sin? And I can always compare myself to everybody else in society. I can p- compare myself to everyone else and say, oh, I'm fine. So-and-so, so-and-so don't do it. And so-and-so's a great guy, so-and-so, and he, he does that, so I, I'm okay. But Jesus, Jesus said, be perfect as I'm perfect. Jesus said, if you want to compare yourself to anybody, compare yourself to me. Well, by that standard, there ain't a whole lot of people meeting that standard. Jesus was perfect. He didn't didn't sin. And He said, be perfect as I'm perfect. And Jesus expects our very best. And when you you look at where things used to be and you look at where things are, as I mentioned earlier, I'm only responsible for me. But if things are ever going to get better in our country, I have to be responsible for me, and you have to be responsible for you. And when I, when I start living right, and I start fearing God how I should, and I start living like I'm trying to reap things of the Spirit <clears throat> rather than things of the flesh, when I start doing it, then that's going to impact the people around me. And when you start doing it, it's going to impact the people around you. 
And when everybody, when it starts impacting everybody, and we start seeking the face of God together, then I believe things can change. Amen. <clears throat> but what I figured out is, is it's really hard to sow to please the Spirit when your mind spends very little time on things of the Spirit. It's really hard to get close to God when you spend this much time seeking God. I got a notification while I go for my screen time as I come into church. For whatever reason, it's always, I always get that notification about nine on Sundays. And it was like three hours and six minutes or something was my screen time. And I, my first thought was, I wonder how much of that was spent reading the Bible on my phone. Right? Because I, I know one thing is I did not spend three hours a day reading the Word of God this week. Know that for a fact. And I did spend some time, some of that screen time is reading the Bible, but I wonder how much of that screen time was in some way spiritually negative, whether it was scrolling through social media or it was gossiping about somebody through a text message or it was watching a video on YouTube or whatever it was. I wonder how much of that <coughs> was spent elsewhere, not on God. And the Bible talks a lot about a mindset. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober-minded and alert. It says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Yes. <clears throat> and, and, you know, I hear a lot of people say that. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. That is true. But the first thing it says is it says, Be sober-minded and alert. It seems like at some point in time, the church stopped being so alert. Amen. At some point, Grandma and Grandpa stopped unplugging the TV and just left it plugged in. We said, oh, that, that kissing on TV, that's, that's no big deal. Oh, that's all, everybody does that now. That's no big deal. Well, that, everybody, everybody does that. Or so-and-so does that. Or they let that go on. At some point, we stop being sober-minded and alert. At some point, we stop forgetting that the devil is our enemy. Amen. At some point, we forgot that we're supposed to hate sin. We're supposed to hate it, not tolerate it, not justify it, but we're supposed to hate it. <clears throat> Be sober-minded and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I think that one of the biggest things that we fail to realize as a, as a generation or as a church or as Christians is that, man, we are in a spiritual battle every single day. Amen. That we, we're in a spiritual battle. That there is a devil and he is coming against us and he wants to take your kids and he wants to ruin your life and he wants to kill you and he wants you to burn an eternity in hell. That's what Satan wants. Amen. And he's after you. Yeah. But we live life and we tolerate sin and we justify things that we do and we act as if that's not going on. And I, and I know for, for me personally, I think, man, what? How did I get here? How's this going on? And then I think about how much time I spend dwelling on things of the Spirit, how much time I spend in the Word of God. And, and God began to convict me this week. And the Bible says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says, So then, since you have been raised with Christ, 
Seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. AJ, if you'll come. No, this is not very long uh, today. I wanted to close talking about a story that you'll find in Matthew chapter 14. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, it shares the story of uh, the disciples that got into the boat. Jesus dismisses this large crowd and the disciples, He told the disciples, go ahead of Him and they get into this boat and they start crossing the sea. And the Bible says that Jesus went out walking on the sea toward them. It was kind of stormy out there on this boat. The disciples... They didn't even recognize Jesus at first. So he got out there. But the Bible says that they started started to kind of figure out Jesus said it was Him and some of them didn't believe, but Peter said, Lord, if it's You, tell me to come. And he said, come. So the Bible says that Peter got down out of the boat and he began to walk on water towards Jesus. And then the Bible says, but when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to doubt and he began to sink. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. And very simply put, when you take your eyes off of Jesus, you will begin to sink. And I think that's what our country's done today. I think that's really easy for any Christian to do today is we get so busy, we get so caught up in what's going around, we forget that we have to be sober-minded. We forget that you reap what you sow, and that if you don't seek God, you're not going to just be a perfect Christian all the time. You're not going to get close to God by never seeking Him. You're not going to lead your family how you should if you never spend any time on the Word of God. If your eyes aren't fixed on Jesus Christ, You might walk on water for a little bit, but you're eventually going to sink. So my challenge for us today is that we would have a focus, that we would have a mindset that is set on Jesus Christ, and that we would be sober-minded, that we'd be alert, that we'd know that there's an enemy out there that's after our kids, that's after our church, it's after our communities. But we wouldn't be disturbed, we wouldn't be dismayed, but we would just keep putting our faith and our trust in God and seeking Him and leading our families, loving the ones we can, and trying to make a difference for the kingdom of God. If you all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I know this wasn't a very long message today, but we don't want to close without giving anybody an opportunity to pray. So if anybody wants to pray for absolutely any reason, Uh, Just consider these altars open. Amen. As we pray together, Father, today we just thank you again for the time and opportunity we had to be in your house. We thank you for these words that we've heard here this morning, Father. 
And Father, we pray for those that's coming up this morning praying, Father, you know what they stand in need of today, Father. We pray for this young man here today, Father, that you know we would know that you know his heart today, Father, that you would just reach down and touch him today, Father, in a mighty special way, Father. We thank you for this sister to his praying this morning, Father. We ask you to touch her in a mighty special way, Father, today, Father. We uplift all these prayer requests that have been made here today, Father. We thank you for the word that you've given us today, Father, that we can have hope in your word today, Father. And Father, we just thank you for everything you do for us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for just one moment. Brother Hans, come up here just a minute. I just want to share, we'll just, just add, just, I'm not adding anything to it, Brother Hanson, don't take anything away. We're so blessed today. Amen. I sat there just thinking just a minute ago as this young man was preaching the way he's preaching. You know, there's not a lot of people that do that anymore. They'll preach, you know, stuff that people really want to hear. You know, that stuff what he said, we really want, some of people don't want to hear it. And we are so blessed today. Amen. To Brother Hans and I thank you for uh, Malachi and all that, the young people here at the church. But as he was saying, you know, the Bible tells us, he was gonna put, I'm going to put one more scripture to what he, you know, had to it. He said, let us not be worried and well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we don't give up. Amen. You know, a few years ago, most, most of you all was here, maybe all of you wouldn't hear when Brother Hans got sick. You know, and you get thinking about what Satan tried to stop. <laughs> and I bet Brother Hans tell me, no. He went through that cancer. He lost all his hair. And I remember he was sitting so sick. As a teenage, probably 19, I forgot how old he was when this happened. 18. He had laid in bed with his mom holding him because he's hurting so bad. But the Bible says, do not be worried, well doing. We kept on trusting God. Amen. And he said, we shall reap. We don't give up. So while he just preached to us a while ago, he you know, all the, all the sad things going on. Sometimes we get disheartened. We want to quit. We want to say, you know, I'm just going to ride this out. But the Bible says, you know, and he spoke to us. We're going to reap what we sow. So I'm here today to tell you, you look at what God has blessed us with because we didn't give up. We kept on sowing. You know, it may not have been there, you know, look at the world with what we do today, not what he was talking about, all the craziest, and I'm just saying, I put my own English stupid stuff going on in the world today. One of my favorite sayings is, you know, you, you can't fix stupid. I got another thing I added that this week, but somebody's going to fix it one day. Hey, Amen. He's going to fix it one day. So I just want to tell the church world here, we're just so blessed how these young people today and the way Brother Hans is speaking, you know, I can, uh, I remember back when I was young and started out, you know, I just uh, see a lot of stuff he's saying. I remember seeing a lot of stuff that maybe I stood for that, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen when he preached that away. But look what's happened. And we stood on the Word of God. Amen. I love you today, Brother Hans. Let me thank you do for us. I just want to 
say that, what God has blessed us with. And I think today we ought to give the Lord a hand clip of praise for everything he's done for us. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We y'all dismissed. Thank y'all.